Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and it really is. That is really my name. <laughs> uh, I heard about a young listener that I have um, who was curious to know if it really was my name, and it really is. Uh, as some of you know from a previous episode, um, yeah, so I haven't changed my, I haven't changed my profile on, um, the, there's this thing called new, what's it called? Playwrights Exchange, New Playwrights, Ex- New Plays Exchange, something, NPX. Um, and it's a place where playwrights will post, um, our plays. So if people want to produce them, they can, uh, read them. Um, and my name there still is, is, uh, without, without the rainbow. I'm trying to decide if I want to add the rainbow. I mean, of course I do, <laughs> and I probably will. But it's interesting on my on the plays, certainly on the earlier ones. Now, pretty much on all of them, I I usually don't put my even my first name. Usually, I'll just I'll just write E Davis, um, and that is because of sexism. There is some evidence that. Um, just seeing a lady's name on something is enough to trigger the sexism jam. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So for a really long time, I've just I've just put E Davis in the hopes that somebody would give me more um, respect, as say Ed- Edward Davis or Edgar Davis or you know other names that begin with E <laughs> that are not ladies. Uh, yeah, but you know, on the profile, it's already, it's already, um, got my first name on it in the end and a picture. So I I think I've just given the game away already on that front. There's not really a way to avoid it on the, uh, on the old profile there. I mean, I suppose I could, I could, I could just replace the picture with, you know, a drawing or <laughs> anyway, it's not worth it. <laughs> Just thoughts on on naming and sexism, um, which is not particularly related to today's blog, um, but on my mind. Uh, so, what I have for you today is uh, it's kind of long. It took me a long time to figure this out. <laughs> I think I've I you probably. Remember that when I got back from the Patreon conference, I was like, I don't know what to say about this. I have thoughts and feelings. And um, this is where I tried to to put some of those thoughts and feelings. Um, it, it, and it's like several things kind of mixed up in one post. I worked on it a fair amount. Um, yeah. It, it, this this one m- may have been uh, self-defeating, but in a way, that's kind of, I don't know, that's what I do. <laughs> Yay! Anyway, this is called, This is My Motherfucking Brand. I went to a conference for creators... And of course, there was a session on branding because that's the world we live in now. 
I did not attend because that is my motherfucking brand. My brand is that I don't believe in fucking branding. You know where we get the idea of branding? From actual white hot branding. Can't tell the cows apart? Put a brand on their rumps. Whose cow is this? Check the logo, burned into its rear. You know why branding became a part of advertising? It's a way to distinguish identical things. Can't tell the difference between the cans of soda? Put different logos on them. My motherfucking brand is no brand. If you can't tell who I am without a branding, I can't help you. We live in a world of branding now. We talk about things being on brand in just regular conversation. Personal branding is a thing. If you make things or work in any creative capacity, you have probably been encouraged to work on your brand. I know I have. I understand that it makes sense to create a narrative and or identity around what you do. I have a mission statement for my theater company. I suppose you could frame that as a brand. Oh my God, please don't. But a mission feels very different to me. As an individual artist, writer, etc., I also operate on a mission basis and not on brand. I'm pretty sure that the people who support me know that. I'd bet the vast majority of my patrons on Patreon see their support of me as service, as contributions to the greater good, even though, as an individual, I am not tax-deductible. My theater company is a 501c3, though. Since I went to Patreon's conference a few months ago, the aforementioned conference for creators, I have been wrestling with the discomfort I feel around the whole enterprise. On one hand, I am awash in gratitude for the structure Patreon provides. By making trusted space for people to support me, it has allowed me to begin to make a living doing what I do. It allows me to be of service to my whole community. That is a thing of beauty. On the other hand, Patreon is kind of brand central station. It is a business that makes its money on the support of people supporting creators slash makers slash artists. They have been hugely profitable by taking a cut of patrons' generosity. But everyone does that. Kickstarter, Indiegogo, CrowdRise, GoFundMe, all of these platforms do the very same. I just raised $2,550 on Indiegogo for a project, and they took $208.50. Crowdfunding is a big moneymaker for the owners of those platforms, less so for the people on them. When it first started, Patreon pitched itself as a way to support artists, that is, as a kind of service. Now it explains what it does as powering membership businesses for creators. I've seen this transition in progress and find myself questioning what it means, because that is my motherfucking brand. While I am on board for the ongoing support, I do not see myself as a business 
or a brand. I have missions. I have purpose. I'm trying to make art. Not everyone there is. Patreon is for creators. The actual artists I met at Patreon could be counted on one hand, and I wouldn't even need all my fingers for the counting. I did, though, meet a guy who puts casts on people. Not like sculptural casting. No, casts, like for broken arms or legs, but without injury. I mean, no disrespect to Kevin. He was a very nice guy, but he's not making art. He is making money, though. Unlike me, Kevin makes money. I make art. I guess that's my motherfucking brand. People aren't giving Kevin their money out of a desire to be of service. They give him money so that he'll put a cast on them, or so they can watch a video of him putting a cast on an attractive young woman. There are more Kevins than there are of me. And Patreon makes its money on the Kevins. It also makes its money on the content creators, like the guy who spearheaded the Gamergate campaign and makes misogynistic harassment videos directed at Anita Sarkeesian. It doesn't make much money on art. Art isn't profitable, folks. There are exceptions, of course. But in the old days, art's unprofitability was why it was something rich folks supported for the public good. Our new ruling class rulers, i.e. the dudes at the head of Silicon Valley companies, they don't support the arts the way the ruling class of old did. Zuckerberg probably doesn't sit on the board of a ballet company. And Tom of Twitter probably isn't supporting the opera. The head of Patreon probably doesn't either, despite all the talk of supporting creators. What gets done for the public good anymore? Do we have to search for our public good in hidden pockets of digital platforms? What are we going to do when there's no more art? Only brands. No more artists, just content creators. No more art scenes, just income generation. And as lovely as the good people who work at Patreon are, and they are very lovely, their salaries are paid by a cut of all the patrons' money once a month. It's more like a bank than a mecca of creativity. I adored every employee I met while at Patreon, and I have a lot of questions about what all this is for. But then, that is my motherfucking brand. For example, at the final talk of the conference, the CEO asked for the creators to ask hard questions. The first question was what the company was doing about the hate still on the platform. Last I checked, the guy who made misogynist harassment videos was making $8,000 a month on the platform. The CEO hedged and said, they were doing their best, but it's hard, you know, because it's somebody's living. The next question was what he planned to do with the money once the shareholders had been repaid. And he said, this is what keeps me up at night. And there it is. It is the profitability concern that keeps him up at night. 
not the misogynist hater that makes his living destroying the livelihoods of women, but about how to raise profits for shareholders. The second question was the actual answer for the first. All of that gives me the creeps. But it is coupled with a charmingly candid conference closing speech and a CEO who makes things and seems to have his heart in the right place, even if it fails to deal effectively with misogyny. The creeps are counterbalanced by a staff of many badass women and everyone just trying to do their best. I see all that and I really appreciate it, but I am twisted up by the questions, which is, of course, my motherfucking brand. Digital platforms aren't neutral. They are businesses. Hopefully we all know that by now after the revelations about Facebook. None of these platforms are perfect. Not even the ones that provide structures for us to survive. We are all striking a kind of devil's bargain to continue our lives online and possibly off as well. We know Facebook and Twitter have some major problems, but for those of us who still use them, the good outweighs the bad. I'd like for Patreon to be exceptional, to be of real service to artists, to be the true new patronage. But I know it's ultimately most accountable to its shareholders. I know this seems ungrateful, but biting the hand that feeds me is very on brand for me, wouldn't you say? The thing is, Patreon doesn't actually do much for me besides process credit cards. They provide the structure that allows people to feel comfortable giving people like me money on a regular basis, which is not nothing. Giving people a way to support me is huge. No one was giving me money once a month before Patreon came into my life, believe me. And having a platform people trust helps facilitate that. I'm clear that there isn't any other structure in place that has people's trust enough to fund me through it. This whole rant here might lead you to think I'm mad at Patreon, but I'm really not. I'm super grateful in a questioning way. What I'm mad at is the sidelining of art, the blending of art into commerce, the branding of art and the branding of humans. I'm mad that when future generations look back at art movements of our time, they're more likely to look at brand evolutions than art revolutions. I'm mad about the branding of culture and the dissolution of art for art's sake. I'm mad that almost every artist I know feels inadequate about how impossible it is to make a living as an artist. And sure, I'm mad that Patreon, that I thought was an artist-driven structure, is just a money-making content container made for the management of porn, hate, and commerce like everywhere else on the internet. But I'm not mad at Patreon. It's just doing like everyone else does. Patreon is not a nonprofit. It's a business. Currently, it's a business that provides a structure that allows people to support me. Alleluia. But businesses are not neutral. They exist to make money. Art does not make money. Content does. Content needs branding. 
How am I to know which content fits my personal brand if the content doesn't have on-brand packaging? And still, I know enough about branding just from living in these times, breathing this capitalist air, to recognize when I'm falling into branding tropes. I can't help feeling like not having a fucking brand is just another way to have a brand these days. Like one of those ironic ad campaigns. And what the hell am I selling? My Patreon page? My second Patreon page that I just launched? I don't actually think I'm doing a great job at that if that's it. Though it is sort of on brand for my Gen X anti-selling selling. Ack! Is there nothing unbranded anymore? Can we not live without labels and brands and logos and such? Is my motherfucking brand really not having a motherfucking brand? How do we shake free of this branded world? Hey, so you want to join my Patreon now or what? I, you know, I mean, I have now two. Uh, the first one is the same as it ever was, and the other one has um, zero patrons at the moment. So yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing really good at, at uh, selling my shit. <laughs> but that, 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 this is what I do. This is, that's how, it, that's how I roll. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. There's literally nothing else. Like, there, I, I searched. I really did. When I first learned about the harassers, um, Anita Sarkeesian's harassers, I did a bunch of research. I think I did a podcast about this back in the, back in the, I don't know when it was. But anyway, I looked to see, like, is there anybody else who is legitimately doing, you know, so, that I could just, like, replace Patreon with? And, and there was nothing. Um, and, and I think that the issue is that everywhere is a business, right? So people do this stuff because they want to make money and there isn't a nonprofit version of Patreon, for example. I feel like that's the thing that I need is like, I need, and we just need stronger nonprofits and we need digital nonprofits that are supporting the arts, that support artists that can, can like do this job, but, uh, you know, actually be of service. Um, cause you know, I, I, I think Patreon is, is, is great for the, for the people who have a following who, you know, who like, I, I, I made a friend at Patreon who makes like advice videos. They're great. They're lovely. You, you know, it's good. That's good. I and mean, she should be paid and Patreon is the way to do it. But there's just like no pocket for somebody who is just like making art, like for the public good. Um, and that's the team I want to be on, but it doesn't exist. So in the absence of that existing, Patreon is the is the is the current way. And they are good people. I don't know. They, I've been invited to a couple of like, hey, um, tell us what you think about Patreon conversations. And I haven't been able to be at any of those yet. But, but I, um, I will be. And I hope to be able to, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's like an arm of Patreon, like a nonprofit arm. I don't know. 
But it feels like there's like a whole world of digital stuff that needs to be like de uh, decapitalized. <laughs> like, for example, um, so this whole thing around um, my albums on Spotify and Deezer and Google Play and all of these digital platforms. So my current um, distributor charges $49 a year to keep that stuff up on those digital platforms. And, and there are others, of course, but it's all similar. Like you, there's not like a free way to have your music made available to digital platforms. And uh, that's crazy. Like, it's really crazy. Um, you know, because I don't know a single musician who can afford to shell out 50 bucks an album every year. Um, my previous, my album with my band is kind of grandfathered in on this, in this respect. So I don't have to pay anything to keep the bright red boot songs up on Spotify because they went into the digital world kind of as soon as such a thing existed. So we're just in there. Although I can't claim ownership of the band for some reason. <laughs> like it won't, Spotify doesn't recognize me as the, as the owner of the music. So that's hilarious. Um, but that's another issue entirely. But, but what I'm pointing to is like there's nothing there should be, right, like a nonprofit that helps musicians get their stuff onto digital platforms. Um, whatever, for whatever reason, you can't send it directly to any of these places. So if that's the case, then there should be some kind of for the public good, get mus help musicians get their st stuff online. I mean, you know what I mean? that there's just like this kind of empty space where support for artists should be. I mean, I, I think it's that nonprofit, the nonprofit world has just been gutted in every way possible. So there's, there's no support. Like where would anybody get the funding to fund a nonprofit version of Patreon or a nonprofit version of Reverb Nation or whatever the platform is? Like, I don't know. Anyway, I would start them except for I'm no good at running a nonprofit. <laughs> I mean, I have one and it, it's, you know, survived for low these many years. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the, you need to be a good fundraiser. And I am not, as you might have worked out. Um, yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, uh, the song for today, given how, um, this is what I do. <laughs> All of these things, my response to the Patreon stuff and thinking about things. Anyway, I thought uh, Rhett Miller's song, This Is What I Do, would be appropriate for this episode, given that this is what I do. <laughs> His This Is What I Do is a little bit different, but I do love this song. So here is... Rhett Miller's This Is What I Do. Jennifer One was a racehorse rider. Heidi was a house on fire. Bernadette kept her distance. We got tangled up in telephone wires. 
I'm gonna sing this song forever About a girl that I once knew And how she is always leaving This is what I do 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 For a living This is what I do This is what I do For a living This is what I do In another life I was a holy roller In another lifetime I flew I have always kept a distance This is what I do This is what I do This is what I do For a living this is what I do This is what I do This is what I do This is what I do, this is what I do For a living, this is what I do This is what I do I could hide it in the attic, I could bury it in static I could only put it out in Japan I could tape my mouth closed, I could take another dose I'm dancing as fast as I can This is what I do, this is what I do For a living, this is what I do 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 This is what I